This is Sunrise, the who, what, when, where, why, and WTF of Florida politics. I'm Rick Flagg reporting from Tallahassee, where a new forecast shows we have failed to flatten the coronavirus curve. That means the official projection is that we'll see the worst of the COVID-19 in Florida on April 21st instead of early May. As of last night, there were 13,629 confirmed cases in Florida, including 254 fatalities. After the initial collapse of Florida's unemployment comp system, the governor says they've made significant improvements and should be able to process about 80,000 claims per week. That's a vast improvement, but there's already a backlog of 560,000 applications. The head of the Department of Economic Opportunity is under fire for the failure of Florida's unemployment system. Some lawmakers are calling for his resignation. On the Sunrise interview, you'll hear from Senator Janet Cruz, who is, shall we say, less than impressed by Ken Lawson. The Chief Justice of the Florida Supreme Court has extended the closure of the state court system through the end of May because of the coronavirus. Florida's Attorney General has some advice to help you avoid becoming a victim of the Zoom bombers. The governor's statewide stay-at-home order that he issued last week has an exemption for churches, but Governor DeSantis is asking ministers, pastors, and rabbis to maintain social distancing if they do have in-person services for Passover or Easter. We'll also have your calendar of political events and check in with a second Florida man who was jailed in Hawaii after ignoring their quarantine order. And now the top stories on Sunrise for Tuesday, April 7th. A coronavirus pandemic model developed at the University of Washington that projects when states will hit the worst part of the COVID-19 crisis has been revised. Florida's peak is now expected on April 21st. That's 12 days sooner than the previous projection. The Institute for Health Metrics and Evaluation says Florida's delay in imposing a statewide lockdown means the curve will not be flattened. So the peak will be higher and it will hit faster. The model predicts that Florida's crisis will be more concentrated, but just as deadly, with almost 7,000 fatalities by late summer. Governor DeSantis says it's all hands on deck as the state beefs up the unemployment office. The computerized web portal called Connect could handle the load when the state's jobless rate was at record lows, but when hundreds of thousands of Floridians were laid off because of business closures and stay-at-home orders, the governor says the Department of Economic Opportunity could not meet the demand. DEO received 3.8 million calls just last week. That dramatic increase in call volume um, has prevented people from being able to connect to DEO. And then the flood to the website, uh, the website couldn't even handle it. Uh, So we are in a situation where people have lost their jobs, they're looking for relief, and they're having a lot of difficulty. Some people were on this site, it was timing out, you'd go hours and hours uh, upon end, um, and it was just totally unacceptable. Um, You know, if you have like a single mother who no longer has a job, you know, she's got to worry about how the rent's going to be paid, how food is going to be put on the table, um, and we want this system to be accessible to people so that they have a way to do it uh, and it's responsive. And so we needed to change this. And so uh, last week um, I directed even more resources, uh, all hands on deck approach to be able to get this in the right direction. The problem, the major problem with the website, I mean, there's problems with how it was designed that's been pointed out, but that's not really the problem that we face. We just faced a a capacity issue. Um, So I had um, uh, DEO and DMS bring in 72 new servers. Uh, They had to go in the middle of the night, bring them up from Orlando to increase capacity for the website. Um, So the system can now handle Uh, up to 120,000 simultaneous connections by individuals filing claims. Recently, we've been in the 40 to 60,000 connection range. Before these servers, that was causing huge stress. The website actually 
would be down more than half the time. It would take seven seconds just to connect through. You know, that may have been okay in 1996, but not in 2020. So the capacity um, has improved. And then um, when the system was designed, you know, they did you usually build in redundancies to these things. And so there was a redundancy built in so that if the system went down, the backup would take hold and people could still use it. Well, turns out that that redundancy, the backup was never actually connected to the system. So last night, uh, they were able to actually connect the backup to the system. Um, and so that also gives an added protection. So um, over 62,000 people filed claims last night by 10 p.m. When the, when the site went down for maintenance. Um, the previous week, that was just 17,000. And yes, the demand's probably gone up, but the reason there was only 17,000 is because people were having a tough time getting on. The site was down um, more than it was even up at given times. So that's been a huge effort to do that, uh, to build the capacity. Um, and I've actually told them, look, it's being able to handle it now, but you don't know what's gonna happen. So we're getting even more servers in uh, just to make sure that if we see an even bigger surge than we've already had, um, that the website is able to handle it. The Department of Economic Opportunity is staffing up for the crunch and hiring private vendors. The governor has also called on state employees who were sent home from work to man the phones for the unemployment office while they are at home. I ordered all the state agencies to pony up people to be able to help with this. Uh, many of these uh, folks are, have been working for home for weeks now. Some of them are considered non-essential and are basically have been told to stay at home. But we need all hands on deck now. So we've identified over 2,000 employees in state government uh, that can step up to help uh, the unemployment uh, compensation claims. I want to thank them for their willingness to serve their fellow Floridians in a time of need. We are in the process of setting up a virtual desktop um, for remote state employees. This virtual desktop will allow state employees to take phone calls and do data entry with the Connect system. And as the week goes on, we'll determine the exact number of state employees we will need to ensure Floridians are receiving the best service possible. Obviously, you need to have a, an interaction with the user on the front end, whether it's a phone call, whether it's a website, uh, but then you need to have it processed um, and the data needs to be there. I mean, there's certain requirements of the law, social security number, driver's license, certainly federal requirements. We gotta get that done um, and, then, and then move the checks or the direct deposit, whatever it may be, uh, forward. The collapse of Florida's unemployment system has put Department of Economic Opportunity Director Ken Lawson on the spot. He's apologizing to people who couldn't file and says they're doing everything they can to make it right. Just last year, our agency received a total of 326,653 applications for reemployment assistance. From March 15th to April 5th, we received 520,000 applications for reemployment assistance. In less than a month, we received more applications than we did in a year. As of today and beginning tomorrow, we'll have more than 500 individuals providing support for a claim process for reemployment assistance. This includes 280 individuals in contracted call centers and folks from career source centers across Florida. By next week, there'll be more than 1,000 individuals, 750 contract call center employees, 200 career source center staff, 500 Department of Revenue employees, along with the call for action by the governor for all state employees who are available to assist in these efforts. As he directed my department, we created a paper application for Floridians to fill out to assist with taking the pressure off the system, which is now increasing 
its capacity. Paper applications can be downloaded at www.floridajobs.org backslash COVID slash 19 and mailed back to our department. And beginning this week, career source locations across the state We'll be providing paper applications and assisting Floridians with completing their applications for reemployment assistance. DEO has worked with DMS to enhance the capability for online applications for reemployment assistance, our Connect system. 72 servers have increased capacity. Last week, we had 17,000 applications go through in a day. As of last night, 62,000. That shows increase in speed and our ability to help Floridians. Our state is committed to working together to help our people receive the funds they need to get through this crisis. Despite all these changes, people could still end up waiting several weeks before they get their first unemployment check. The governor's goal is to process 80,000 applications this week, but the state already has a backlog of more than half a million, and we have no idea how many others were prevented from applying because of the failed system. And it gets worse. Under Florida law, benefits begin the week you apply for them, not the week you're laid off. So people who have not been able to sign up are losing money every day that goes by. Democrats in the legislature have been urging the governor to allow retroactive benefits, going back to when people were actually laid off. But the governor has not made a decision yet. Lawson expects that by the end of the week. Now, Lawson and DeSantis shared the spotlight during a roundtable discussion at the Capitol Monday, but the governor left the room without answering after a reporter asked him if he was still standing by his DEO director. State Senator Janet Cruz says there is no doubt in her mind the agency needs a new leader. Ken Lawson's been there 18 months. That should have been his priority. I think the buck stops at the top. Ken and then the governor. This is unforgivable. You'll hear more from Senator Cruz during the interview segment later in the podcast. The Chief Justice of the Florida Supreme Court has already suspended jury trials and other activities that require people to appear in court because of coronavirus, but his order expires April 17th and the crisis will not be done by then. So Chief Justice Charles Kennedy has extended the suspension until the end of May. Circuit and county courts will continue to perform essential court proceedings, such as first appearances, arraignments, bail hearings, and Baker Act hearings, but no other proceedings will be conducted in person during the public health emergency. One good thing that happened over the weekend, we didn't have any stories about large crowds being bussed in for Sunday services at Florida megachurches. And Governor DeSantis is hoping it stays that way for Passover and Easter. We are in a Holy Week. Over the last few days, uh, we've been in contact with a lot of religious leaders throughout the state, uh, both in the Christian and Jewish communities. Um, and we wanted to uh, discuss with them their plans for um, these upcoming events, both Passover and Easter. Um, and our message uh, is basically, you know, adhere to social distancing guidelines. I think what a lot of churches have done in terms of online services, um, some have even done outdoors where people just stay in their car. Uh, I think that they've been innovative, um, and I think that that will ultimately um, be something that matters a lot to people. Uh, but we also pointed out the um, risk of having you know, a, a packed gathering right now, given what we're going through. In fact, you know, you look at different parts around the country, um, there have been different uh, events, such as, um, you know, I was talking to the Georgia governor, they had a big funeral, um, and that really spread throughout the folks there. So it, it would be a potential to have a super spreader, um, and that would eventually have really serious health consequences to folks. So uh, we want people during this time uh, to be spiritually together, uh, but to remain socially distant, uh, please keep God close, 
but please keep COVID-19 away. And we appreciate all the cooperation uh, that we've had with people throughout the state of Florida. The governor issued a statewide lockdown last week, but it exempted houses of worship and there was no requirement for social distancing at services. As Americans work from home, computer geeks have found a new way to entertain themselves by hacking into other people's video conferences to post offensive material. These hackers are being called Zoom bombers, and Florida Attorney General Ashley Moody says it's one more thing you have to worry about during the pandemic. With more Floridians than ever before using the Internet to work remotely, online privacy concerns are real and growing. Zoom bombing is the latest trend threatening online privacy. Zoom bombing occurs when a hacker hijacks a video conference, like those done through Zoom, often presenting inappropriate or offensive material. It's not a joke. And what is even more concerning is that many Florida students, like my own son, are now using video conferencing to learn virtually. Luckily, there are some steps you can take to increase privacy and prevent Zoom bombing. Steps like creating separate passwords for each virtual meeting, establishing a Zoom waiting room for meeting participants, locking down the meeting once everyone invited to attend has joined, and never publicly posting meeting links on social media or any other public forum. If you've been a victim of hacking or a COVID-19 related scam, you can contact the Attorney General's office at myfloridalegal.com. Next up on the Sunrise interview, you'll hear from a state senator who says it's time for new leadership at the unemployment office. This is Sunrise from Florida Politics. Welcome back to Sunrise. Our guest today is State Senator Janet Cruz of Tampa, who has been critical of the governor's handling of coronavirus and the failure of the state's unemployment compensation system. The DeSantis administration is trying to patch things together, but the senator has her doubts, especially when it comes to the leadership at the Department of Economic Opportunity. Welcome to the show, Senator. Hi, welcome. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. Absolutely. Now, you are one of the, the lawmakers who has actually gone so far as to suggest that Ken Lawson should no longer be the head of the DEO. Can you tell us why? Well, because I'm frustrated, you know, uh, in in a Floridian's time of need, and this is probably the most dire time of need in the history of this state, and certainly in my lifetime, um, that we're not seeing swift, deliberate action. And um, Ken Lawson has been in that position for 18 months. This $77 million website has been riddled with issues. It has been audited three times and all three times they were warned that this website was not that had so many issues i could line them up um and they did nothing and you know why because unemployment compensation has never been a priority it was uh governor rick scott who who shortened the number of weeks of compensation and made the available monies $275 a week as low, probably one of the lowest in the country, um, because he didn't like paying unemployment. He thought people should just get out there and get to work. No regard for uh, all kinds of awful things that happen to people. And now, now that mainstream Florida is out of work, now they'll have to answer to the taxpayer because this is not anything that you can run and hide from anymore. And this is something you have to make a priority, and they haven't. But is this Ken Lawson's bad, or, or does the blame go back to, as you mentioned, Rick Scott? And also, let, let's well, be honest, I, the, know, the Republicans I who I, run I, the uh, legislature 
are the ones who uh, made this for, happen. For, tw- for over 20 years. The decision to spend $77 million was uh, Rick Scott's. But my point here is that the audits were telling. The audits warned them. They ignored the audits. Even, I mean, Ken Lawson's been there 18 months. That should have been his priority. I think the buck stops at the top. Ken and then the governor. This is unforgivable. And people, I, I spoke to a woman today that has been waiting 20 days for a decision. She was one of the lucky ones that got onto the website early. 20 days later, she's heard nothing. She's a waitress. She's in her 50s. She supports herself, and she's just not really sure what she's going to do. Go to food pantries until she can get something. And then today, they tell me that even if you've been trying for three weeks, when you finally get on, there'll be no retroactivity in the pay. So you've tried to get on for three weeks. Uh, I have um, emails and phone calls from people that were on that website for five and six hours. They took screenshots of the amount of time they spent and only to be kicked out. Um, It's unforgivable. Someone has to answer to this. We can't just let this go on and not have someone answer for this. From my understanding, there, there is the Democrats have asked the governor to apply the retroactive, to, to let the unemployment pay start when you're actually laid off, not when you can get through to the system. Has he foreclosed that, or have they just not done anything yet? Well, you know, the message is, how do we know? We, we're not receiving anything in writing. Um, I spoke to a gentleman from the International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers today who said that... Um, that he was talking to one of the directors of Career Source here, who was told on a call that there would not be any retro, no, no retroactive payments. So I don't know who to believe anymore. I mean, we can't. Um, Senator Pizzo has been asking in writing um, from Ken Lawson um, to confirm that if we let folks mail in these um, applications that we're printing. By the way, I have them. At my office on the back patio, um, they're sitting in a stack, and people can go by, get a paper application, and just forget about trying to get through on the website. It's only going to get worse. Now, there have also been calls for uh, an IG audit of the entire DEO. Uh, any any progress on that request? Sure. One more audit. One more audit, Rick. What difference will that make? One more audit. There's already been. There have been three that says our $77 million taxpayer-funded website is not, is crummy. Do another audit. What difference will it make? Gotcha. We need answers, and we need people in there. We need an IT team invested. We need to invest in an IT team that can take care of this. Do you see any signs of hope on the horizon for people in Florida who do not have a job now and are struggling with the system? Um, come by the office and get a paper application. We've been told that you can submit a paper application. Um, If you're uncomfortable with doing that, submit the paper application and send it certified mail so that you have proof of receipt. But that is the only thing that I have to offer Floridians now, other than jumping up and down and screaming and hollering and demanding some answers. Right now, I just want people to get a paycheck. So um, you can go online, download the application, or you can stop by uh, my office, and my office is located at 210A South McDill Avenue, and that's on McDill between Kennedy and Azeal.
the big greenhouse and just pull around to the back and the applications are there. Um, but you can print them off and you can, um, you can go to my Facebook page, Senator Janet Cruz. The website is there. The link is there to, to print a paper application, but don't wait. Don't keep trying that miserable website and frustrating yourself. Just fill it out and get it sent in. All right. Thank you so much for joining us today, Senator. You are welcome. Have a great day. Your calendar of events begins at Florida State University, which is holding a one-day fundraising event. It's called The Great Give. They're trying to help students who are struggling financially because of the COVID-19 pandemic. At 1.45 this afternoon, Leon County Circuit Judge Kevin Carroll holds a hearing in a lawsuit that's seeking to force the governor to close beaches statewide to prevent the spread of the coronavirus. Santa Rosa Beach Attorney Daniel Ufelder filed the lawsuit last month after DeSantis refused to order statewide beach closures. The Triumph Gulf Coast Board that oversees money from a settlement from the 2010 Deepwater Horizon disaster is holding a conference call at 2.30 to consider how it can respond to the COVID-19 emergency. And finally, it's time once again for the adventures of Florida Man, who apparently didn't get the word about that stay-at-home order. Another Florida man is arrested for breaking quarantine in Hawaii. 31-year-old Bobby Edwards of Boynton Beach was taken into custody Friday for violating that state's mandatory quarantine rules. When his flight landed on the island of Kauai, Edwards was unable to show that he had plans to stay at a home or a hotel. And when told he needed to make reservations, police say he refused, began acting belligerent, and showed significant signs of intoxication. Edwards was subsequently arrested. Hawaii is warning homeless people that if they do fly to the islands without a reservation or lodgings of some sort, they'll be ordered to fly back or be arrested. Three people have now been jailed for breaking quarantine in Kauai. Two of them are Florida men. That's it for this episode of Sunrise. I'm Rick Flagg in Tallahassee, inviting you to join us again tomorrow as we plumb the depths of Florida politics.